Italian Wine Podcast. Chin Chin with Italian Wine People. Hello, this is the Italian Wine Podcast. My name is Monty Walden. My guest today is Barbara Phillip. Barbara is a Master of Wine and Category Manager for BC Liquor Stores. Can you just translate that? What on earth does that mean? I can, in fact. I work for government and we love our and we love our acronyms. So BC Liquor Stores is the government-owned retail chain in the province of British Columbia, Canada. Okay, so go on, give us a bit more detail. How does that work then? Well, it works, it's kind of funny in BC because we're government owned, as I said, and we have about 200 stores, but actually I compete with 600 independent stores in the same province. Right, so you, I mean, what advantages do you have being government owned and what disadvantages do you have being government owned? I love that question and I hardly ever get asked it, so thank you very much. The advantage is our main philosophy is to offer a wide selection of wines from all over the world for our customers. So that's number one and we have the buying power to do it and we have the distribution system and it's great to have 200 stores because they're all over the province and they span many different demographics. I would say a downside is that it's government. So we have certain restrictions, certain um, certain freedoms that the private sector enjoys where we don't. Such as? Oh, such as I may choose to delist a very obscure wine and uh, the next day I would have a letter from the from the minister on my desk saying, look, could you could you review this wine and uh, see if we can get it back on the shelf? Right, so there's pressure from the top. Yes, Is that because yes. he likes that wine particularly? It'll be because a constituent has uh, written and said, what, I went into the store yesterday and it wasn't there. So a constituent means someone that lives in the village that's or the right. town. Yeah, exactly. <coughs> and they, exactly. So that's kind of, you know, that is direct rule, isn't it, almost? Like if you shout loud enough in your village and get the local liquor store to contact the government and the government contacts the the minion that is in charge of dotting the i's and crossing the t's on the form that wine goes back on the shelf that's it and and i guess you know i'm sort of complaining about it here but when you look at it from the from the point of view of the consumer it's that's not such a bad thing maybe yeah and also i mean they'll probably fire you when you go back so you, you know you have total freedom to to, to, to go into another career so exactly. um, when uh, i mean did you grow up with wine i mean you obviously becoming an mw means that you must either have or both um, academic ability and passion which is um, most important for you the passion or the, or the fact that you're a bit of a brain person oh I love I'm I don't know I'm passionate about pH I'm passionate about pH well yeah I I'm love passionate pH. about pH don't <laughs> ever go on a dating app ever you know <laughs> what, what do I like you know like people say food long walks that kind of stuff <laughs> going to the movies pH I know well I don't think there's any there's no worries about me going on a dating app anytime soon but I love that I'm, I'm I'm passionate about about the details and the stories and the science and the business as well well as of course enjoying enjoying the wine with with my friends and colleagues and, and a good plate of food. Do you know one of my standard questions is, is pH, the pH in the wine because the pH basically means the acid strength of the wine and that's really important in terms of how wine stores and ages. One of my questions is always about rootstocks because rootstocks mm. that's the interface between the land and the sky which is the vine if it's on the wrong rootstock you're really going to struggle to make a good wine. This is this is like the geek podcast now isn't it? <laughs> it it's is. just like all our listeners have just tuned out my god rootstocks and pH what are we talking about? So at home when you have friends coming round what is the worst thing that they could say about a wine that you put on the table what is the best thing that they could say okay the, let's start with the best because that's what I'm always hoping for the best thing they could say is this is refreshing it hits the spot we all want to be refreshed by it I think the worst thing they could say is 
Yeah, I used to like this producer, but uh, I've moved on, something like that. So what are the current trends now um, in Canada in general, not just your um, government mm -hmm. monopoly, sorry, but in, in general, what are, what are people drinking and what's hot? People are drinking, while well, they're drinking more and more of a diverse selection, so sometimes it's hard to pin it down, mm -hmm. but definitely European wines are, are very strong, France and Italy, and it's the classics, you know, every once in a while somebody will, will go outside of the classics to try something new and I love that and we always have it ready for them but it's really people it's like they're rediscovering something like Chianti Classico it's a very very interesting sparkling wine is hot rosé like every like everywhere else dry rosé which in Canada is a fairly new concept for us and people are buying it I mean we can't keep it and that's that's across all provinces so when you say dry rosé do you mean something that is bone dry or with a little bit of sweetness you mean by the text sheet or on the palate on the palate on the palate dry Something on the tech sheet, dry. three or four grams? Perhaps. Okay. What about um, the sort of natural wine phenomenon, organic, biodynamic, natural? Is that going a bit crazy? It is going crazy, absolutely. Certainly, that's more of a trend in the, in the restaurants, as I, as I believe it should be, right? I mean, that's a place where, as a customer, you can ask, you can try with the sommelier or, you know, with the server right there, and he or she can explain to you, you know what, it might not be like the Sancerre you're used to. It might have a little bit of complexities from oxidation or whatever it is but absolutely people are super interested in natural wine and I whatever that is but I think that we're seeing in in some of the more established restaurants we're seeing a natural wine list and a classic wine list kind of coming together. Really? Right, so I think maybe it's changed the way that people feel about their normal everyday wine. And so people are more, they're more conscious about how the wine is made, even if they don't necessarily want what has declared itself to be a natural wine. Now you do that a lot. Makes sense. You do a lot of uh, talking to the actual wine professionals, don't you? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, what are the common questions you get asked? What are the difficult questions you get asked? Difficult questions about uh, you know about my job or about I mean really as much as I love the technical things uh, and as you know if you're not studying something fully at that moment it's so hard to keep up. So I sort of live in fear of like questions about uh, you know rootstocks. Right, that might be that might be your specialty, but it's like I'm out of date. Isn't that isn't that one of the nightmares of being a master of wine? People expect you to know absolutely everything, and you, obviously it's just impossible. Well, it's absolutely impossible. And uh, you know, I knew a lot more about rootstocks when I wrote the exam, and I know a lot more about business now. So it just balances out. So what about Canadian wine? Wine made in Canada. Mm. Well, how's that going? Where are the main centres of production, and in a, in a nutshell, the, the main styles that are being made, and how they're received in 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 their homeland. So the main regions of production are Ontario and British Columbia. So Ontario is really the Niagara Peninsula, and in BC it's the Okanagan Valley. And they're quite different growing regions. Um, Ontario is a bit cooler overall, a bit longer growing season, and much, much more humid. Whereas in the Okanagan, that's in British Columbia where I'm from, it's almost desert conditions. And it's pretty intense, pretty intense continental climate with a big difference between what's grown in the north, which would be zippy Riesling, sparkling wine, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir. And then in the south, where, you know, it still might be 35 degrees at dinner time. The sun doesn't set until 10 o'clock at night. Like this is an intense growing season. Sierra, there are people planting Grenache, 
Kunwa's. Um, oh, Grenache, in, Grenache in Canada, that's amazing, isn't it? It is amazing. It is amazing. It wasn't me that planted it, but, but you know, there's this, there's this rampant sense of experimentation, which is so lovely, right? So we have lots of reds. I think there are over 80, 80 different grape varieties that are planted in BC. And Ontario, really, when I think of Ontario, I think of Riesling as being their, their signature, some great Pinot Noir as well. Gamay? Gamay on the increase in both provinces, and I love it. There's Bella Wines that makes great sparkling wine from, from Gamay that is so interesting. And Gamay, for some reason, in the Okanagan, seems to be able to maintain its freshness, whether it's grown in the north or the south. So it's small plantings now, but people are talking about it, and the plantings are increasing. So I'm looking forward to seeing more Gamay in, say, five years. Cool. So I want to say thanks to my guest today, Barbara Phillip. Master of Wine, Category Manager for BC Liquor Stores in Canada. Really nice to see you. A pleasure. And um, we'd love to come and see you in Canada sometime and check out the Italian varieties that are being grown. Is that, is that becoming a bit popular or not, or is it still experimental? It's still experimental with some interesting results, but still experimental. From Dolcetto, Nebbiolo, anything like that? Or? Oh, there's Nebbiolo, but I, there was one plot of Nebbiolo in the south, but it never went through Verizon. Right, okay, so that, that was <laughs> a non-starter, wasn't it? That was a non-starter, so not some Sangiovese that's not doing badly. Really? Yeah. Interesting. You know I live in Brunello, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just want to say thanks to my guest today, Barbara Phillip, Master Wine, Category Manager for BC Liquor Stores in Canada. Great to talk to you. And thanks, thanks for coming in. My pleasure. Follow Italian Wine Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. 